For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Grace Duffy, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we're going to explore the Facebook ad library and the newest LinkedIn product and targeting tools and more. Our special guests for those segments will be Amanda Bond and Vivica Von Rosen. This show is brought to you by the Social Media Marketing Society. Find out more at socialmediasociety.info. The society is from Social Media Examiner, provides you the confidence you need for your marketing job. Join thousands of peers, receive ongoing training, support from pros, and access to a community of supporting marketers who understand your struggle. I understand the struggle is real, or so I hear. But anyway, find out more at socialmediasociety.info. And as usual, everything we talk about in the show, you can find in the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. First segment. So our guest this week, as you can see, she's already on screen, is the owner of the ad strategist and the creator of the strategy. Is it strategy or strategy? Strategy. Strategy. Strategy, strad, get it, ad, strategy system, and she mixes education and entertainment to show people the right way to do Facebook advertising. She's been a speaker at Social Media Marketing World. I heard good things. Her session was called How to Use Facebook Ads and Organic Posts (gasps) to Build a Sales Machine and check out the adstrategist.com slash SME dash news for more information. It's Amanda Bond. Welcome to the show, Bond. Thanks, thanks, guys. <laughs> Speaking of the organic side, apparently we hit a hot button topic at uh, World on the live stage there with organic reach not being dead. So, yeah. if you haven't checked it out, check that out on the Facebook page. Yeah, there's a, there's a post over there. It's a it's a video quote from Amanda and lots of conversation going on over there. But that's not what we're here to talk about, or is it? Maybe a little bit. Who knows? But there's news. Grace, why don't you kick us off and let us know what the news is, and let's get into the discussion of this. Well, let's get into this. Facebook introduced ad library and updated its ad report, its ad library reporting, correct? Correct. So with this new update and a new name, the ad library now makes it easier to learn all about the ads and the pages that run them. <laughs> brings all it brings all the activity, it brings all the active ads, any pages running, not just ads related to politics or issues, but all the ads that any page is running and puts them in one place so you can see everything that they're running on Facebook. Uh, This was previously only visible on pages in the info and ads section. Um, And then pages can, or people can also find out more about the pages that run them, such as the date it was created, 
previous merges with other pages and any name changes the pages has gone through. Uh, it'll also indicate the primary location, country location of mm. uh, certain pages that tend to run po political and of their admins as well. So it'll actually oh, really? show you, yeah, it'll show you the people that are running the page, what countries those are from as well. Excellent. Well, and then they've uh, they're updating search, and then they're yeah, and then again we mentioned the reporting. So. I'm getting too deep into this. Let's talk about this. Tell hey, me about the new ad library. Like, can, I ask, was, can I ask a stupid question real quick? Yeah, here? There's no stupid questions, first I, off. I, I'm, there I'm, might be. Go I, on, Eric. I, I was about to say, I'm going <laughs> to represent the questions of the audience right now, but then that makes it seem like they're stupid. So I apologize in advance. That is not what I meant. Um, you used to have to go to a page and go to the info about the page to find this stuff. Are they saying to us that we can now see all these things all in one place that's legit what they're saying and so i heard about it about a week ago another facebook marketer posted about this big new ad library that's available to us and i just sat there scratching my head well maybe like scratching the phone because i was on facebook and i'm like wait we already have all of that in the info and ads tab right yeah i know right so why is this an improvement how is this an improvement because so it's all in one I, I guess well, that's the improvement. It is all in one I, place. I guess that's that's my point is like if I have to jump from page to page to page to spy on my competitors right. and get, you know, inspired by the ads that they're doing or do my own spin on what they're doing, that's one thing. But to be able to go to one place, right. that's that mind blown. Yeah. I don't think, though, it's necessarily about the people wanting to spy on the competition. Like, this is all about transparency. This is all about Facebook, like, covering their behinds with the stuff that's happened in the last year in terms of politics, right? Like, they're just trying to say, hey, we're building these tools that are making Facebook a more transparent place because of future elections. They're now, like, stating that, hey, election activity that's happening in the um, I think it was the UK or the EU, like they're just saying, listen, we are covering our behinds and just making it as transparent as possible. So the only difference from the ad library where everything's all in one place versus the info and ads tab is, I mean, if you were spying on your competitors, you would still go to competitor page to page and see all the ads. Like that's not really that much of an inconvenience at the end of the day if you're spying on ads. What I think is most fascinating about the ad library is the fact that it's going to start disclosing spend when it comes to political campaigns. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And where that spend is coming from, right? Like exactly. Who's, wow. Who, okay. Who's yeah. sponsoring that spend? Like who's it, who has it been provided by? They're getting more transparency again, not from a place of hey, this is a tool that marketers can really go out and take advantage of. Actually, the next tool, just to kind of tease what we're going to be talking about next, I think that's even more important for marketers. But this is just all right, you guys. You know, you caught us last year. We didn't have answers when we went before the Senate. And here's <laughs> now we have answers for you. So next time a report comes out about political spending, you can just go check the data because it's now transparent. Mm -hmm. So as marketers, we're like, cool, we already had that feature. Thanks for the update. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about, so they kind of, I mean, they really put a lot of effort into search. Yeah. In the ad library, right? So they've tweaked it. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how we can use it? 
Well, even just the, I mean, the search that they have in the ad library isn't much different from Mm -hmm. the search that we have just in Facebook itself. And then going again down to the infos and ads tab. So now Mm -hmm. you can go into the ad library and search for pages themselves. So Mm -hmm. like bring it up and keywords around Mm -hmm. different topics, right? So it's like, okay, if you are going to be creating ads and you're strapped for ideas and spying on your competitors is something that you might do as a marketer. Um, you can go in and just kind of search for search for the competitors that are really popular in your niche or search for right. what other people are doing there. So again, it's not a massive revolution that they've come out with here. It's just mm-hmm. another tool to put into our advertising arsenal at the end of the day. Right. And then they mentioned somewhere that you can save your searches, right? So you don't have to keep typing in the same thing. You could kind of save your searches or is that? The way that I'm understanding that is actually the opposite. I think they can save our searches. Oh, yeah. So maybe this is, we're going to clarify this in the live comments afterwards, because one of us is just not clear on the communication, but the way that I read it first off, and if you guys have already read the article um, and are watching live, please feel free to clarify there as well. But it sounded like the saved searches were going to be something that Facebook was paying attention to, um, uh, like as we go along. Okay, good. Well, that's that was a clear because they just said users, and so when they say users, it, it it's like, is it me? Is right. it Mark? Is it the pages? Is it, is it, it the pages? Who is? Right? We're like, all using it. Are, are, if people are searching Facebook advertising, like, well, I know that they have searched. Who knows? So, I mean, more clarity will will happen as it gets rolled out. And again, it's not it's not a oh my gosh, this is going to revamp our entire advertising strategy. It's right. just like awesome. This is a new tool that we can then go use. Check it out. Um, mm-hmm you know, spy on the competitor's ads if yeah. that's what you're you're doing. And then we know that there's more transparency yeah. on the user side of the equation when it comes to like matters of political importance and social issues. I think it'd be interesting if like Facebook was to say, 50 people were searching you today. Right? <laughs> Pay for this upgrade so you can see which 50 of them are. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a LinkedIn thing. That is exactly a LinkedIn thing. It gets me every time. I'm like, do I want a premium membership? No, I don't care. Anyway, you're like, I, I love cheap, my job. I do. The ad I like, do. The, sorry, the, the language that they use, though, is saying, you know, it was tweaked such that, and I'm literally quoting here, such that users' previous searches will be saved as long Perfect. as they're logged into Facebook. The, hearing that, I mean, that could be interpreted more than one way. But right, the way I'm reading that. The way I'm reading it is this, oh, my searches will be saved for my benefit to be able to right. like go back into searches I've already created. And check them. Well, actually, so. I'm glad you brought that up because you don't have to be logged into Facebook anymore to receive that, like to see this data. So right. previously there was concern that, oh my gosh, you know, we got to sign away our privacy rights to get onto the platform, to get the data that we need to analyze. And so now they're saying like the ad library is accessible, even if you have a Facebook ad account or not. So that's yeah. pretty cool as well. Right. Jo- so Jocelyn, uh, Jocelyn here in the comments is like, wait, huh? Can people see what you search on Facebook? not to freak you out though i'm sure <laughs> facebook knows what you're searching this is more in a specific this isn't a specific place this is not facebook search at large so no no well, this is just to clarify this is we're talking just about ad library which is a resource where you can see all the ads a page is running so this isn't your personal searches it's just the it has to yeah. do with pages and ads 
Pages and ads, pages and ads. Pages so. and ads. If you're not spending money on ads, you're not listed in the ad library. You're good to go. Yeah. yeah. And it's so. linked to your page, not your profile. So we have and a question. It, Will yeah. spending be transparent for brands in the future, not just those related to political mm. spending? I mean, this is all hypothetical. We can make assumptions. It's, you know, Facebook's kind of being, their hand is being forced to put the political spend as transparent as possible. So my prediction is that if there's no reason to put other brand spend so publicly, I mean, we know their total spend in their public earnings reports, right? But like, if there's no reason to show individual advertisers ad spends, there's probably going to be a major uproar around that. So I don't foresee them like showing everybody's. And I think this has more to do with their new uh, wanting to be uh, helpful for governments and to to government policies, I guess, right? And there are a lot of countries like our own that have rules about who can buy ads and who can spend and what counts. So I think that that does make a difference when you are talking about politics. So this isn't, you know, I don't think that they're going to, I don't think uh, the toilet brush business is really under the same kind of scrutiny or regulation. I mean, they might be, I don't know, but (laughs) I mean, Facebook's had a tough year. Let's like, let's admit it. Their stock price took a hit. Like they're, they're under a magnifying glass at all times. So this is just another tool to increase the um, longevity of the platform. But I, I actually find it fascinating as we start to move into our next topic, which is mint for advertisers, I believe. All of these things are going to make it harder and harder for like a new behemoth to appear, right? Because mm-hmm. think about it took 2000, when did, when was inception? 2005. Yeah, I think it was 2005. My friend Lev came into my dorm room and was like, this platform's going to change the world. And I was like, I could probably do without it. <laughs> but right since 2005, like a lot has happened and it makes right. the platform valuable. So the predictions of like, when is Facebook no longer going to be the behemoth? Well, all of these new tools like ads library or like ad library, like the reporting that it has available is just going to make it harder and harder for other brands to like get in there and and create the next new Facebook, whatever that is, whenever that happens. So I have, uh, before we skip to the, go over to the next topic, and I don't want to exhaust this too much. So there's one more thing I wanted to ask you about. It's, there is a line in there that said, all active ads for pages will be visible. Okay, it was in the library, but ads from news publishers in the U.S. Mm. will no longer be labeled as politics or issues. The news filter will no longer be included in the ad library. So previously this was a bit, this was, a big issue for for publishers. I know that we are a media company and we don't discuss politics or issues in our ads. We don't, I mean, there's just no need to, right? Yeah. But I also know that a lot of nonprofits and brands who might be seen as treading in these waters because of what they do or what they work with or whatever, um, you know, they will use, uh, Facebook says that they're going to be using membership lists from third-party industry organization as well as, uh, how the page ind- indexes itself and additional criteria to identify it as a news publisher that can be exempted, right? So yeah. what criteria should publishers, people that do publish on their pages, or publishers, I'm sorry, for their pages, what criteria should they be putting so that they're indexed correctly? Well, I guess, I, is there a concern? I, I mean, this this 
essentially affects the news outlets the most. So like if you are saying that, hey, I'm a news publisher on Facebook, it looks like you're actually going to be restricted from running political ads entirely going forward, right? Because they don't Mm -hmm. want, they don't want Fox News running political ads to uh, like offset bias, for example. I'm Canadian. Did I just say that right? (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, we'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. So I think that was a great analogy. If not, we'll just go back to the BBC. That's not even Canadian either. But um, (laughs) so like my interpretation of that is like our news publishers, we don't want to give them even more power and like put spend behind these these articles that may or may not be factual. Right. And so they're going to say you're not allowed to run political based ads or social issues based ads. So from my understanding of that, like if you are entrepreneur magazine, you are a news publisher. So you can't change. You can't say like you're a personal brand now as the way that you're categorized in your Facebook page, but people that are personal brands, people that are uh, e-commerce stores, people that are like local businesses, just make sure that whatever your classification for your page is, is the most correct for whatever your established like establishment is it correct me if it's wrong it's been a while since i've personally started a page i think mm-hmm. there is a section for like a charity or nonprofit. so using mm-hmm. the example that you said like just make sure your page is classified as the right thing unless you're distributing news and media right. like you're not necessarily a news publisher just try and choose right. a classification that's a little bit better than that Okay, good. So we have a few questions. Cool. Says uh, one of our one of one of, uh, one of our uh, viewers on Facebook says, "If I have multiple ad accounts in my business manager, I can select any one of them to promote a given page. That doesn't show up in the library or info and ads, right?" It will. So whatever page you select to run it from. So if you have three ad accounts in one business manager and you can run ads to different pages from each of them, whatever the page is that you ultimately publish that ad from and whatever the Instagram business profile that that page is attached to, if you're just running it over on Instagram, that is the page that it's going to show in the ad library doesn't matter what ad account it comes from. It's all down to the page level. Okay. And then this one, uh, someone was asking the search feature in the ads library. Is that just for big pages or can you search any ads? Any ad is in there. So any ad that's running on the platform, no matter if you're spending a dollar a day or a hundred thousand dollars a day, it's going to be in the ad library. So you're going to, you can literally look at anyone's ads that are running on Facebook at any given time. Perfect. Great. Okay, let's move on to the next piece here. So Facebook came out also with this, why am I seeing this post? I think I'm reading that right. Uh, Why am I uh, seeing this? Why am I seeing this post? It's usually how I say it in my mind. When I see posts that I'm like, why am I seeing this? Well, it breaks it down now, right? We can tell like from multiple Kevin Bacon degrees of separation why we're seeing the post. (laughs) Well, and also along with this news, they updated the why am I seeing this ad, which, by the way, I tried that out today because sometimes I I gauge the quality of my life based on my, like, what kind of ads am I being shown? And so I was a little concerned that like Facebook was trying to tell me something about myself. (laughs) So I clicked on this ad and it was just like, you know, targeting women of this age in this location. I'm like, okay, that's fine. As long as it wasn't like, anyway. Um, So, yeah. 
So they launched Why Am I Seeing This ad four years ago, and now it will, and I think everyone knows, you can click on the right side of the ad, right, and it can clarify, but now the intro will also include additional details about the ad, such as when the advertiser uploaded the information yeah. about you, right, or if the advertiser is working with another marketing partner to run the ad, and this can all be found in that drop-down menu, right? Yeah. So here's where us marketers are going to run into a challenge because I I feel like a lot of us are breaking the rules. Um, when you upload a customer list to create an email custom audience, there is verbiage, aka it's called customer list. It's not called email list. It's not called opt-in list. So when you upload an email to Facebook, Facebook is assuming that you have had a purchase transaction with that person. So as marketers, there's going to be a lot of people whose email opt-in starts seeing, hey, you're seeing this because you're a customer of X and X of business. And you, right. you got to be careful with that because like people are going to be like, what? I've never paid that company before in my life. Right. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's a lot of people that have that infraction right now because they're, they're just uploading their whole email list to it. Right. Right. So right. that's, that's the insight and the clarity now that the, why am I seeing this ad has evolved to. So like you said, it's been around for four years. Now it's just getting even clearer. Like you were put into this audience on this date from the actual page itself or from their third party, like data that they get. So just more clarity into ads. But this next one where it's actually like, why am I seeing this post? Yes. <laughs> Eric, I would say it, but I would like, there would be, there would definitely be a curse word in it when I saw it. But I can't say that. <laughs> but I would see that and be like, what the? So why am I seeing this post? This is where I think it's powerful for us advertisers, because now as every single user on Facebook can understand the signals that they're sending to the algorithm. Every single time we, we react to something, we give it an angry emoji, we give it a wow, we like, comment, share, we take some action on Facebook. Those are all signals that are being stored by the algorithm. And then it's used to categorize our posts, uh, prioritize them essentially in like an order of relevance. So us as marketers, we can actually start analyzing the data of the top posts that we're seeing in our timelines. And if they're posts from business pages, you can, you can say, okay, well, if posts that get likes, comments, and shares are ranked high. If posts that are popular and starting to trend are ranking high. If posts from people that have recently engaged with your page has ranked high, then as marketers, what our new goal becomes is how do we create more engagement on our play, on our pages? How do we continue to get people coming back more recently so that the algorithm will, will prioritize our business pages? And like, how do we just keep the conversation going to like have our posts have more reach and have more engagement? So yes, it's this like beautiful thing for the users because if they see why they're starting to see posts, they can say, oh, it's because I liked that one page that I followed that one time, but I really don't like that page anymore. So the user has the ability to unlike a page straight from the new option menu that they're they're using with this transparency. But 
on the marketer side, it's like, oh, that is data that we can uh, like finally start to understand how things get prioritized in the algorithm. And then it's no longer like, oh, it just doesn't work. And it's like, well, it works for some pages. And the right. way that it works is the exact same reason that you're seeing all these other posts in priority. And we just have mm-hmm. to change the way that we do our engagement. We have to change the way that we do our organic strategies to to like reach more people for free. And then we don't even have to, like ads don't even come into the equation now that we know why you're seeing every single post on Facebook. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and how much clarity did they allow us as the users or yeah, us as Facebook users to give you as to why you don't want to see? Because I know with ads, you know, your options are, it's irrelevant, I've seen it too much or I've already bought it, right? Yeah. There's a lot of other options there, but there's, there's still a, a lot of information, right? There's a lot of other options and, like it goes down to you liked Eric's post, right? You reacted with an angry face to Bond's <laughs> post. Like it's, Never. it's that granular on yeah. the data that it's giving us. So before, yeah. like we could always change our settings. We could always go into yeah. that like top gear wheel and change the things that we're being targeted for and the different interests that we have. Facebook's now just making it so that you can change it right there on the post. Again, yes. this is still in the same transparency play of the last announcement that we just made with the ad library. They're just trying to make it easier for people to understand what is happening and what they've signed the dotted line and agreed to just by having a Facebook at like a Facebook account as a user. Right. Right. The other key piece here that I think I, I, you know, that as I was looking through this that I really like is, is it gives you not just the whole like, yeah, you're friends with this person or you like that page. It's got the you're in a group with them yes. or they <laughs> it, you comment. It even tells you it's like you've commented on posts yeah. with photos more than other media types. And I'm like more than others. OK, you know, I mean, I, I already knew they knew, but <laughs> they're reminding me that they know. Right. That about me. And then it's like, wait a second, I got to be careful. It, it also, it makes me second guess like, okay, so do I comment on this picture or this image because I want Facebook to now start serving me more images about from this person specifically or in general, or do I go over and make sure I like videos or comment on videos? You see where I'm going with this. I it's do. Like, oh my gosh. Not just the type of content quality wise, but the media type. Right. And I actually have to admit, I do that on Instagram. I go over on Instagram. It's like my discover tab. I like it to be full of memes and dog photos and a little bit of Game of Thrones. So whenever, (laughs) whenever that mix isn't the proper mix that I like, I'm like, oh, I got to go. I got to go double tap some memes because the meme ratio is dropping in my discover tab. (laughs) Right. So Time to train the algorithm. Time to tell the algorithm what's up. Well, the, (laughs) the funny thing is we've reported on this topic like multiple times on this show about privacy, about settings, about how to update your things. And the reality of it is we're talking about it now, but I guarantee you we're all going to go and next week, forget about this conversation and continue business as usual on Facebook. Right. So that's what they're counting on. Right. (laughs) As users, we can say like, hey, are we going to take action on it? And I'm going to say a majority of people will be like, "Okay, yeah, I know. I know that they have that data. But with the um, why am I seeing this post, 
the fact that it's no longer going up to the gear wheel, like clicking through 80 menu items to get to be able to change your different privacy settings, they're bringing it into the post itself. So that will be able to action more things. When you're seeing like irrelevant content, instead of unfollowing things or trying to decipher how the heck you got there in the first place, now you can take action on it immediately. So this is probably the best update that we've had out of the three times that we've talked about it in the last year. It's not even um, privacy options. It's like quick access to preferences of your news. Yeah, feed. right. So, yeah. 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 When those meme ratios drop, you got to get in there. <laughs> got to get those memes. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's all we've got. Yeah. With you, we've got to let you go, but you'll be back again soon. Hopefully. So I, I do want to remind people uh, to go check out uh, the where is it? The ad strategist.com slash SME dash news. And again, go over to uh, the, the post on our Facebook page from earlier this week about Facebook organic. It's a square video. It's Amanda talking from the live stage from social media marketing world, 2019. Go check that out. See what you think. Get way in on your opinion of what she's saying. I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. Same. So <laughs> bye guys. Until next bye, time. Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Bye. See ya. All right. So that is our first guest, Amanda Bond. I am going to bring in our second guest. I, I just I do want to remind you that this show is brought to you by the, so, the Social Media Marketing Society and that you can find out more at socialmediasociety.info. Um, Amanda's done training in there. Vivica, who's coming in a second, uh, has Graham. done training. She's here. Sorry, I couldn't see because <laughs> I was looking at my notes. Uh, don't freak me out like that. <laughs> Vivica, welcome. Um, let me <laughs> remind people who you are. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Don't talk. I want to tell people who you are. That sounds so weird. Uh, Vivica is the co-founder of Vengresso. She's known as the LinkedIn expert. She's the author of the best-selling LinkedIn Marketing an Hour a Day and LinkedIn 101 Ways to Rock Your Personal Brand. She was a speaker at Social Media Marketing World 2019. Her session was called, is called, I don't know, LinkedIn Content Marketing Strategy to Catapult Your Visibility, Credibility, and Business. It is Vivica Von Rosen. Welcome to the show, Vivica. Hey, everyone. A bunch of different LinkedIn news things here, even yeah. stuff that came up after we were yeah. <laughs> locked with the show. Ha seems to be happening regularly these days. So Exactly. So LinkedIn I know, ad. and I picked LinkedIn because it didn't change all the time. And <laughs> Right, right. They're LinkedIn getting to be like Instagram. Yeah, yep. LinkedIn's been a powerhouse lately. So uh -huh. first thing, LinkedIn added three new targeting tools. So LinkedIn introduced these three new tools for advertisers to easily target more of the right audiences in Twitter's network of 600, over 600 million professionals and improve yeah. their ROI, not REI, ROI. <laughs> these new targeting tools are lookalike audiences, audience templates, and interest targeting powered by Microsoft Bing search data. So let's talk, let's break these down one by one. So tell us about the lookalike yeah. audiences in LinkedIn. Yeah, so LinkedIn's had matched audiences for a long time and from and and in all transparency, I just got on my campaign manager this morning and played with some of this, so I actually don't know if it's any better or not, but it seems to me like it would be. Um so with, you know, with matched audiences, it was it was going in and and looking at your your audiences and saying, well, these people are the same, these people are same. I think because they brought in 
you know, new searches, new algorithms, these new audiences are maybe a little bit better, um, you know, and, and especially with, with the Adobe um, sync up and the ability to, to look at people's, and, and I know that's, that's the third thing that we were going to talk about, but um, <laughs> you know, the ability LinkedIn is just pulling in better information from other places other than its own platform. Because the problem with, of course, being grabbing things from your own platform is that you only have what people say about themselves. And so being able to reach outside of the platform and look at, you know, website traffic, which they've had for a while, um, that gives you more realistic buying act actions. And then I really do like the idea that, um, and, and I think they say somewhere in there, like, but still keeping your security safe, but being able to look at the, um, the browsing activity, mind you, it's Bing. So of course, <laughs> which is weird, right? Cause it's Microsoft owns LinkedIn. Why wouldn't they have used edge? That's, That's a, good a good point. Question. Right. Well, know. but, but they also own Bing. So it's like, it's well, not this is Google. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, because they're really, really focused on the B2B ABM market, it like, which I I know working with all our B2B ABM clients um, and ABS clients, it's they're all on IE or or edge. So it's just the Bing thing was interesting to me. Tell us about these audience templates. So these are, uh, they also rolled out these 20 predefined B2B audiences and they said they're they're growing. So there'll be more than just these audiences. And they're based on member skill, group titles, groups, and more, and the more, which you can activate, and more. So it it sounds like it's a shortcut, but it also just seems like it might be too general. Like, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I jumped in today because I'm like, oh, yay, awesome. Because I think to be successful on any ad campaign, it's all about the audience that you choose. And let's face it, Facebook is way more sophisticated in finding audiences than LinkedIn has been traditionally. So I was super, super excited that, you know, that LinkedIn was going to do some of the work for me. Um, you know, <laughs> they're really, I would look at these audience templates more of what you could do on LinkedIn. If you happen to find an audience template that matches your audience, which is unlikely, um, in the 20 offers they have, but you can use it as a, a learning opportunity to see how LinkedIn um, manages their their audiences and creates their audiences. I mm-hmm. when I was playing with it this morning, like I found one on Telecom, which is one of our verticals. So I was in there, and and it way wasn't good enough um, the way it was. But you can go in there and you can adjust your audiences by location and title and, and gender and age and interest and all of that kind of thing too. So, Hey, it's a starting point, especially for someone who's brand new to LinkedIn ads. Um, and, and I will say the new campaign manager is once you get actually get into it, getting into your campaign manager and getting into your ad is still really non-intuitive to me. But once you're inside it and you're actually building your audience, um, I think it's more intuitive than it has been in the past. So, you know, the temp, the, the audience templates help with that somewhat. Um, the problem that I found with LinkedIn ads and why they tend to get such low ROI is that they are too general and generic. And, and some of the templates that I clicked into or, you know, like 20, 30, 40 million people. And that's, I'm trying to get my ads, not that I do many, but when I, when I do create the ads, I try to get them as close to 1000 people as possible. So 
good it starting like place. A, it, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like it's a starter kit. It's right, like, yeah, right. here you go. Here, here's the yeah. um, here's the cookie cutter starting places, but it's a recipe, right? You've got you've to really figure out your own taste and your own goals. Exactly, exactly right. And, and, and same thing with the look, with the look alike audiences. I've always had some hesitation on clicking on that matched audiences and that look, look alike audience um, feature because it almost expands it too much and it makes my search too big. So it's worth split testing. The really nice thing about the audience templates and the ability to save your audiences is it's way, way easier to do the split testing now. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. Cool. Okay, so then let's see. The what interest was, targeting. The, inter- the last thing was the interest targeting. Interest targeting. Yes. Data. Yeah, yeah, so so together, so together, it's like the lookalike audiences, the audience templates, which is a, the cookie cutter, and then the interest target. You can kind of combine those and create that recipe that works for your brand, right? Yeah, exactly. And was really interesting when I was reading up on the interest targeting, or yeah, interest targeting. Um, at first, I was like, "Well, how is this different than the interests they used to have an interests option in your campaign manager, maybe like three or four years ago, and then they got rid of it." Um, so I'm like, "How is it different from that?" But then when I was reading more and more, I said, "Oh, okay, so they're bringing Bing in, and they're and they're bringing websites, and they're bringing other opportunities mm-hmm. to gather information than just the LinkedIn platform itself." So, yay, cool. Um, it's really interesting because they were really focusing on ABM, like account-based marketing, um, and and mm-hmm. as if that was the only way to use it. And for me, I mean, that's that's fine with me because I'm B two B ABM. But I was thinking for you know for B two C or I, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like it was a little bit uh, exclusive, uh, exclusive or excluding of of other audiences out there. But maybe that was just the way they Adobe happened to write that particular article that day. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, Facebook <laughs> released its own guide. It's a step-by-step yeah. guide with screenshots on tips and best practices yeah. for these along to go along with these three new products. And these should be yeah. available to all advertisers on LinkedIn now. So, you know, check them out. You can check them out in your campaign manager. Yeah, the guide, I, I kind of, I, I went through the guide. It's it's a nice, it's a nice little book, especially, in fact, I'm going to send it to one of my clients that I worked, talked to yesterday, who's like, I don't get how LinkedIn ads work. So it's a nice <laughs> little book for anyone who doesn't get how LinkedIn ads work. Um, I, you know, my, 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 my first thought when I saw this was, oh my goodness, AJ, our, our friend, AJ Wilcox, who, who really should be on the show, not me, um, who's the king of LinkedIn ads, <laughs> um, except I think he's traveling overseas right now. He, uh, you know, he, he just published his latest, um, course on LinkedIn learning. And I really hope they gave him this information because <laughs> he literally like released it two weeks ago. So I, I hope LinkedIn gave him this in- information because he's always such a great resource for anyone who's interested in LinkedIn ads. But yeah, this new little PDF is going to be useful too, I think. All right. So let's see, what else do we have? Is that everything? No, we've got no, the new no, stuff. No, no, there's other cool. There's, there's so stuff. much more. There's Way the new cooler. thing. But wait, there's more. This was the thing. And I now I know why I forgot because it was yeah. the new thing. So yeah. This is this is so so Vivica, what was your reaction to LinkedIn introducing reactions? <laughs> right. So yeah, LinkedIn's needed something other than a like for a long time. It cracks me up. Like LinkedIn's usually kind of late to the game, but they always have to do things a little differently. And it was really funny to read the articles on like how they came up with the icons that they did. I like them. I mean, yeah. I'm really interested in seeing it. And I 
I'm hoping we'll be able to like search and sort by the icons themselves because, you know, one of them was like curiosity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah, was, let's, let's, let's know what they are. So there's like and love, which we're familiar yeah. with, right? Yeah. They function the same way they do on, on the other platforms. But then there's also celebrate, insightful, and curious. And like faces are so adorable. I know they really are. Like, oh, serious. And they, yeah. I mean, and like, you know, like you mentioned, the do- the design document is very fascinating how they drilled it down and yeah. just, they used it, uh, they, they use these five based on the reactions in text that people commonly yes. share. So this is, you know, and I think it's so interesting that it's like celebrate insightful curious that makes sense for LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I, I do. I love that because um, I'll do like hashtag love sometimes or hashtag WTH and, you know, and so I guess they couldn't have WTH. So they had curious instead. Um, <laughs> but also, <laughs> also, you know, it's it, it, it plays very well with some of the other features other than posts. Like, obviously, this is going to be a great thing for posts. But some of the other things that LinkedIn does, like the work anniversaries and the birthday the birthdays and the new jobs and stuff like that. It plays really well with that as well. And I think it will add a little bit more visual interest because I mean, let's face it. When, when you have a birthday on Facebook, you get, you know, 50, a hundred, 500, depending on who you are, you know, a thousand comments and you, you miss out on a lot of them. So one of my things I say is, well, go say happy birthday on, on LinkedIn. Cause they'll get like 40. Right. Um, <laughs> so they'll be able to see it. They'll be able to see it. And now we can add some, some color and some interest, which will make that congratulations pop. Um, Also that you can start a conversation in the end, it's all about turning your connections to conversations. And so, you know, that however you create a conversation, if these icons can help, then awesome. (laughs) Celebrate, celebrate. celebrate. I'm just going to start talking in these. How about that? Um, The reactions are starting to roll out now. There was a question about that in in the Crowdcast. They're starting to roll out now, and they will be available globally over the next coming months on the mobile app So and on the web. So they are starting to roll out. So if you haven't seen them yet, you will. I should check my LinkedIn just this morning. Let's see if I got them yet. I don't have them yet. I never get anything first. I still don't have LinkedIn Live. Not me. Just saying. No. Yeah. No, I, as soon as I saw the word celebrate uh, or the, the hand clap that is celebrate, I instantly went to that prompt that LinkedIn gives you to congratulate somebody on yep. their the their kudos. new position or how long oh, yeah, they, yeah. You know, their anniversary of a position. And I thought, oh, they've done. And then I started going through the article and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they have done their homework here. This is great. Yeah. And And let's face it, like they couldn't just duplicate the ones Facebook has, or they would have been reamed for it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's no angry face on LinkedIn. Just celebrate. The closest one to a negative is the curious, like, I don't know about that. Other than that, it's, it's, you like it, you're celebrating, you're loving it. Insightfulness and curiosity. Like this is great for a professional network. I love this. I love it too. I mean, I'm curious. I do too. I'm celebrating. I love it. Yes, celebrating. I celebrate this. I celebrate this. There was one thing that we kind of skipped over. I, we mentioned it briefly, but I wanted to go back to it, if you don't mind. The LinkedIn partners with Adobe to expand B2B audience targeting capabilities. So this yeah. looks like something. So LinkedIn is expanding its audience targeting capabilities, which we just yeah. spoke about, in a new collaboration with Adobe and Microsoft. Uh, the partnership mm-hmm. is going to bring... 
LinkedIn's account-based marketing capabilities to Adobe Experience Cloud users and will help B2B marketers easily identify, understand, and engage with their B2B customer buying. So reading over this, it sounds like something that has been rolled out to Adobe Experience Cloud users rather than... Yeah. Okay. Than so this is specific. Necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting because they, you know... The walls were up for a long time and there was no collaboration whatsoever. And I've been really interesting since since Microsoft bought LinkedIn and they're they're opening up collaboration with with other companies as well. Um, and I'm a sales navigator user and they're they're starting to open up those collaborations as well. So I'm thank goodness. I mean, you can't in today's day and age, you can't you can't stand alone, you know, you really mm-hmm. hello, it's a social network. You have to reach out and engage and and welcome collaboration. And so fantastic that they're doing this with Adobe. Can you tell us how it would work in Adobe or how, just a, on nope. the basic level, how it functions in there? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, we have Sorry. the <laughs> we have the uh, press release from Adobe, their, their press release on it, and then also the press release from LinkedIn, which can talk you. So if you are an Adobe Experience Cloud user, uh, this should be a great asset to you as far as targeting your clients and customers. Yeah. And then let me know. <laughs> So rolling right, right along, there's a, there's two other updates. They were pretty minor, but we wanted to bring them on. Um, they appear minor. They appear minor. Okay. Enlighten yes. me. Yes. I was a little like, okay, well, I'm sorry. This this other one is a big deal. I will, yes. I will back up. I was going to say, I, I think this is pretty major. This is a big deal. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking, I kind of, my mind skipped ahead to the other, the last thing, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> Regaining right, so. poly- Which one? Which one? Which so, LinkedIn, yeah, so I was going to say, LinkedIn. so which one is it? <laughs> LinkedIn yeah. adds the, uh, I'm creating drama. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. LinkedIn adds the option to upload documents to all members. So this was something that was previously rolled out to company pages, yeah. and you could also share documents. This includes presentations, PDFs, white papers. In You could message them to one another. But this is the right. first time that all members can now upload documents and presentations, including PDFs and PowerPoints, directly into their feed within group posts and to their LinkedIn pages. You're right. This is a big deal. Yeah, it really is. And yes, they used to have it and then they took it away and then they brought it back. And so I, at first I was kind of like, eh, whatevs. Um, here's, here's why it's a big deal. LinkedIn loves its new toys, right? So it's like some of the old toys that used to have like, you know, publisher and articles, it's kind of, they're getting dusty on the shelf, but LinkedIn has a new toy And it's called, or it's new to them, or it's new to us, and it's called document upload. Um, But here's the thing. If you upload a document into your your timeline, um, A, it's helpful and useful to people, so do it. Um, But more importantly, it gets a lot of algorithm juice. And so the first article that I uploaded got over 100,000 views. Um, I did, I, I was actually doing a test case with someone other than myself. Um, so, well, he's my husband, but uh, he's a sales exec over at Oracle. And I'm like, okay, he has like no LinkedIn connections whatsoever. So let's see what happens when he does it. And he uploaded a PowerPoint of an article he wrote that actually did really well on articles and publisher, but he did, he created a PowerPoint from it, uploaded it to LinkedIn and got over, I think it was 60 or 70,000 views. Like this is a guy who's never gotten over 500 views. So, and, and it was, 
Right. And it was not much different. You know, we did, and this is actually enti- almost entirely what my, 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 my presentation was about. So I just go listen to it, um, to the recording, but you know, we had a little bit more contact in the, in the discussion. We uploaded the PowerPoint. We didn't use a, sh- okay, here's another thing, LinkedIn, you own, you know, share, uh, the, let's see now I'm just spacing it. Share, slide share, 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 slide share. Thank you. You own slide share, but you know, sharing a slide share link, won't get you that much visibility, but if you upload it natively, you will. So yeah, we just uploaded his little 10, 11 page PowerPoint and um, bam, like explosion as far as visibility. And this is something that sets LinkedIn apart from all other platforms, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. There's no way that you, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, can I upload, think, you can share a link, but natively. Yeah, share a link, but exactly. And love, LinkedIn just loves its native. It loves its native video. It loves its LinkedIn live. It loves its you know, it loves its document upload. So yeah, if you've got a PowerPoint or a PDF um, that you've been using, you know, kind of as a lead magnet, uh, try it, you know, and even if you usually gate it, um, maybe try ungating it for this one, you know, one exercise and just see, just see what kind of visibility you get. Now, the key is, and, and hopefully people will like use the, the new icons to like love it, <laughs> but um, the key is actually keeping it keeping an eye on your comments so that you can actually build business from it and start conversations. And there's a document, uh, this is rolling out globally to LinkedIn members on desktop. It will be coming soon to mobile. It's not available on mobile yet. Uh, But it seems from their instructions, it's fairly simple. Like, so if you go into the share box, there'll be a document icon and then you just upload it from there. So it's fairly easy, right? It's fairly easy. I tested it the other day. I was on an interview the other day and I was talking about it because it's their new toy and they like it. So um, we were trying podcasts. I was trying. So MP4s won't upload. They'll upload his video, of course, for native video. But we we're trying. Oh, can we do a podcast? Because how cool would that be? But no, it didn't. Work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it for all our podcasters out there? So Absolutely. who knows? LinkedIn will open it up. The other piece we've got here is the, the meeting tools. So yeah. this one's the not. this one's not as big, I think. But it it could be, depending upon (laughs) who you are. So yeah, yeah. So you know, on 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 Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, we're probably not using our private private messaging as much to set up meetings with prospects and clients. But on LinkedIn, like you're using your 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 private messaging, your messaging tool to to really build those business relationships. Well, part of that is you know let's 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 meet, let's jump on Zoom, or let's have a phone call and. Unless you're using a uh, previous, like, like I use um, HubSpot calendar link or Calendly or Appointly, unless you're using one of those tools, it's really hard and you lose a lot of people in the back and forth. Like how about Friday at six? No. How about Thursday at two? No. How about, so LinkedIn has brought in a new calendar tool that syncs with your Gmail calendar. And it'll actually show when you, when you click on the little calendar icon, it'll show you your own calendars and you just make sure they're kind of synced with Google so that it goes through the Gmail calendar so that it's more accurate. But you click on the calendars that you want um, LinkedIn to recognize and then it goes through and lets you know what dates are available. And when you click on those dates and then send it, they become hyperlinks that the other person can then go, yeah, that time works for me. And it'll actually set up the appointment for you. So this is, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but this is probably something that's a game changer, at least for those in sales um, and probably marketing too. I mean, it's just, you, we all know, we all know how frustrating it is to do the when can we meet game. And oh this, 
should alle- yes. alle- alleviate that. I yes. Hope. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they said that uh, coming soon that uh, when you propose a calendar, when you propose a time on your calendar, yeah. it will check the other person's calendar and then tell the you whether too. it works. So you don't even have to do that, but that's not there yet, right? That's Although that's soon. creepy. Like how, like I well, can access your account. I mean, it's awesome. It's, well, it's, I think well, it's creepy cool, right? I think, I think just, it, just think in terms of availability like, and it, yeah, you probably have to well, yeah. say, give. you probably have to give a certain amount of permission for people yeah. to be even be able to do that. I but know. yeah, I think that that was an outlook feature I miss. So it was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. That was that, which, you know, Microsoft, right. So that was an outlook feature that I, I really miss that, that you, it, it, it and Eric tried, it isn't just your whole calendar. It's just, right, it'll, right. It just, you pump up a time and it says not available. You do another time, you know, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I don't, I think the creep factor is very low. Because it's just it, it's it, you have to give availability, and this is available now to all yeah. members on the Android app, and it's rolling out to iOS or users. At least it was iOS at the time. Users, so yeah. if you don't have it yet, you will. In iOS users, Android users, check and make sure you have it. But there is yeah. one more feature that they rolled out too to messaging. Right? It was sharing a location. Oh yeah, yeah, that was kind of cool. Also, hashtag creepy cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, so good when you're, when you're, I mean, so good when you're at like, yeah. you know, social media marketing world and you're like, Hey, let's meet. And here's some times and here's the location and here's the map. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just as long as it's user generated and you have to press yeah. a go button, um, I don't want LinkedIn showing everybody where I am at any given time, but I, I think, think it works the same way that Facebook, I think yeah. it works the same way the location does in Facebook um, messenger Facebook, where you can yeah. share your you can share your location for a yeah. moment in time and then it goes away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't follow you around. No, it doesn't follow bad. you around like everywhere you're going. Like, oh, <laughs> exactly. Coffee bar a little too much. So uh, exactly. Are so you working? Is <laughs> Grace is lost. She's going in a circle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. You should be going north, not south. I don't know what's going on here. Another thing they added, and they probably added it a few weeks ago, so you might have already talked about it on this show, but was the ability to tag people's faces and photos and also add titles to your photos when you upload them on um, apparently both mobile and I only have it on mobile. Um, Mario, our CEO, had it on desktop and mobile. But yeah, so like Facebook, right? So you can upload a photo and now just tag the photo uh, with the person in it rather than trying to do their at name, especially if you can't remember them. It's not as sophisticated as Facebook because it doesn't identify. Like, I love that about Facebook. Right, like, what? right. Like it, yeah. And then LinkedIn goes, oh, yeah, his name is. I'm like, oh, or I mean, Facebook yep. goes, yeah, his name is. I'm like, yay. Yeah, <laughs> that that's just, cool. that, I mean, that's the facial recognition. The facial uh, recognition, yeah, that thing. Thing our phone so, has, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So that's, uh, that's cool. cool. And then the titling, it says it helps with search. So I was, again, I was talking to a client this morning. I'm like, you know, let's just try it. Like put a bunch of key- keywords in your title. The title didn't show up anywhere, but it maybe makes the photo more searchable under the title. So I don't, that's know. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. 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 yeah brand new. Very cool. Well, li- way uh, cooler than ads. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I almost just called you well, LinkedIn. No, well, Vivica. <laughs> LinkedIn Von Rosen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, as oh, usual, we'll you. have you back again soon. As cool. Next time we have some more awesome LinkedIn news. And nice. uh, thank you very much for being here. Awesome. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you Yay. later. All right. So awesome. that. 
Yeah. So that is our show. We will wrap up here real quick. Just want to remind you that you can find the way to dig deeper into everything we mentioned. We mentioned a lot of different things this week. So if you want to dig deeper, you can go into the show notes that have the links for everything by going over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. And I want to say special thanks to Grace Duffy for producing the show and being a great co-host. Thank you, Eric, for being an excellent host. And thank you again to Amanda and Vivica for being our guest today. I learned a lot from today's show. Like, yes. I'm definitely a lot more excited about a lot of these new features that I was kind of like, eh, okay, but now I'm like, no, I'm jazzed. <laughs> Celebrate. Yeah. I also want to say thank you to Jeff C for multi simulcasting this show uh, as well. And did you know that we do this live? If you're listening as a podcast, join us live sometime. If you're watching this live, subscribe to the podcast as a backup in case you miss the show. Either way, you can go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. That's where you will find the links to get this under calendar or subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, etc. with new episodes every Monday. Go check out the Social Media Marketing Society. Go to socialmediasociety.info. And don't forget our tweet chat every week at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, hashtag SME chat. And we will see you next week, Friday, April 19th, 2019, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for our next episode of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. I'm Eric Fisher. I'll see you next week. Have a good week, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.